the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I always look forward to the second hour of the Bruce Hooley Show on Thursdays at noon because it's when we talk with our friend Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Check him out. On his site, opportunityohio.org. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt, and we'll get to his Substack, The Patriot Mind, momentarily. But uh, let's start, Matt, with uh, back uh, dating a bit to September 11th, a tweet you saw, one you responded to, and one that you then found out qualifies you as a terrorist. Yeah, or a traitor, apparently. Yeah, some, some guy who I've never even heard of, who's a CNN contributor, has some Sean Sirius, that tweeted that. Terrorist or terrorist, be they Bin Laden's al-Qaeda or Trump's MAGA. Time to hold Trump accountable. To which I had to respond, right? I mean, sure. this, this is someone who went to Washington to help stand up Homeland Security to try to make sure we didn't get attacked like 9-11 again. I found it repugnant, right? So I just did, okay, this is repugnant. 3,000 dead, 250 stores collapsed, Pentagon partially destroyed. Our entire domestic foreign policy posture changed for generations, right? And you're comparing that to people who have different political views, and in a handful of a handful of the tens of thousands that were there of people who rioted at the Capitol. So th- those people are the same as bin Laden and al-Qaeda, right? And, and he then responded, stop defending MAGA terrorists, hashtag traitor. So I, Matt Mayer, am a traitor, apparently, which, of course, is defining the word so grossly down it's despicable. Mm-hmm. But this is the less new approach, right? Let's marginalize, criminalize. Right, go after the Republicans, right? Because again, the beauty of the beauty or the the dastardliness of the word MAGA Republicans is they get to define who is and isn't in that group. So that allows them to do this stuff. So it, it's really repugnant that this guy he has a show and does what he does. But that eh, First Amendment, let him do it. But boy, I tell you, if we're to a point now where people like you and I, Bruce, are traitors. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Where do we go from there? Well, I'm connecting the dots. Yesterday, uh, Lindsey Graham's uh, announced 15-week ban on abortion, his proposed uh, bill. And Chuck Schumer then uh, defines that being pro-life. I don't think 15 weeks is, you know, I don't want to concede that at all. But Schumer makes the the contention that if you are pro-life, if you would support a ban of any sort on any kind of abortion at any time, that you are a MAGA, you know, you're the you're the problem in MAGA. Like that being pro-life qualifies you in that basket of deplorables that Hillary talked about, the bitter clingers that Obama talked about, the semi-fascists that Biden talked about. Being pro-life is a qualification to be in that group in the minds of Democratic leaders. This is the same Chuck Schumer who gave aid and comfort to a guy who tried to assassinate a Supreme Court justice by his overly heated, violent rhetoric in front of the Supreme Court, right? This is Chuck Schumer who essentially will stab the back of his, his mother to get ahead and get to a microphone. So, look, that's, that, that's silliness. I mean, 15 weeks, as we've talked about before on your show, right, there is brainwave and heartbeat with, by 8, 9, 10 weeks uh, uh, in utero. 
that is that is life as we define the opposite as being death, right? At a minimum, at a minimum, you're at eight, eight to ten weeks, right? To say fifteen, and that makes you a MAGA terrorist traitor to America. Again, this is rhetoric that is called desperation because the left knows they're going to lose in a in a, in a in a month and a half, and they're desperate to try to get their base riled up enough to show up and hopefully stab off the the huge losses they're going to suffer. Matt Mayer is our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow Matt on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. His substack is The Patriot Mind, and we will get to that. But let's first talk about something that people will be voting on in the midterm elections. But it's not the Senate race. It's not the governor's race. It's not a lot of the things that we talk about. It's the Ohio Supreme Court races. And we have uh, three spots up for grabs. We'll be getting a new chief justice. Uh, I get Twitter uh, you know, snark from uh, Jennifer Bruner's campaign guy, periodically. So I know I'm on the target, but she's running for uh, the Supreme Court uh, chief justice spot against Sharon Kennedy. My question to you is, are they identified on the ballot as Republican and Democrat? Ooh, good question. Uh, I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know if they're identified. I, we have partisan elections, but I don't know if they're identified. I, I, I have to look into that. But but here here's the thing that we got to keep in mind. These are three really critical races for Ohioans, because as you've seen across the country after 2020, right, Supreme Courts and states have a whole lot of power. Now, post-Dobbs decision with abortion, those Supreme Courts are going to have even more power because we've now correctly put the issue of abortion back down to the states. So if people want to make sure that the Ohio Supreme Court is a conservative court that adheres to the state constitution, that adheres to the U.S. Constitution where appropriate, right, that doesn't get involved in elections as it just did uh, with, with its, you know, trying to deal with redistricting because Maureen O'Connor uh, didn't like that they wouldn't give her more time on the court uh, and ex- extend the, ex- you know, the forced retirement age, right? People need to show up and make sure that that the court stays conservative. So this gets into, you know, Sharon Kennedy running against Jennifer Bruner. You've got uh, Fisher running against Jameson, uh, the Democrat, and you've got you know, Pat DeWine running against Zayas, the Democrat. And so people need to not lose sight of this Ohio Supreme Court race, these three races, because of the U.S. Senate election that's kind of going to suck all the oxygen out of the room. So they do run on a nonpartisan ballot, so they will not be identified on the ballot, but they can certainly uh, be identified ahead of time by people who research their votes and want to vote for conservative justices. Uh, this uh, court has not exactly served to its conservative supposed majority, uh, and the margins that you sent me, the polling's very, very close. So yeah, it's it's very tight. This is a very tight race. There's a lot of undecided, uh, as you can imagine, because people don't know who Supreme Court justices are, right? Um, and, and yeah, look, I agree with you, Bruce. There's a lot about the Ohio Supreme Court I can criticize over the last 20 years in terms of of some of its jurisprudence. However, what what we have to make sure we're we're mindful of is. Whatever Supreme Court sits as of January will be deciding all the issues revolving the 2020-2022 midterm elections, the 2024, the redistricting coming up with how we draw districts in Ohio, uh, the, any type of abortion issues in terms of, of new laws that are passed by the General Assembly and, and the governor. So this is a consequential uh, election for these three seats that, that folks need to keep in mind, do their research, uh, and make sure that they, they vote with their philosophy. Uh, Matt Mayer is our guest, opportunityohio.org. And 
Also, you know, House Bill 454, 616, if these get enacted into law or the spirit of these bills, Women's Sports Protection Act from Jenna Powell, if these get enacted into law, I I think there's going to be a court challenge. If it goes to the Ohio Supreme Court, that's another reason why this is such a big election for those positions. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think, again, these are are three very consequential races that are getting uh, overlooked because of the the Vance-Ryan U.S. Senate race. And that's an important race, don't get me wrong, but... But I, I would argue in the everyday lives of Ohioans, the three justices races may be actually more important uh, in terms of their everyday existence. Matt Mayer, you wrote the Patriot Mind uh, latest blog on your Substack about that incident we spoke about with the tweet likening you to a traitor because you stand up for, you know, American foundational values. We're in an era, Matt, where this is... Uh, increasingly difficult for people because of climates and companies and things like that. Uh, what kind of counsel would you give to people? I had a guy come up to me at a football game Friday night, and he's like, keep doing what you're doing. We need people who are doing what you're doing. And I'm like, well, are you doing what I'm doing? And he's like, well, at my work, I really can't say anything. So uh, whether you can assure people with the legal protections that they have or what you would say to them to kind of prompt them to be a little bit more out front, if that's the strategy that you think would work out. What advice do you give to people when they talk about these kinds of things with you? Well, number one, I think people need to make sure they're educated before they, they start talking about these issues, right? Because t- far too often, you know, our friends will, will start popping off on issues before they've done their own research, and, and they can sometimes make our side look uh, silly, can be, can be easily caricaturized. So one, do your research, right? Know what you're talking about. But when you do, you should feel feel the freedom of our First Amendment, the, the freedom of the right to petition our government, to essentially to speak your mind and do it respectfully, right? You, you don't need to do this in a bombastic way. But, but look, if, if you don't stand, why should I? Mm. If you're not willing to, to stand on that wall, why should I? Right? So we have to protect our freedom, and, and that means every American has to be willing to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to fight for what's important. And look, do, do I spend my days thinking, you know, oh, wonder if the FBI is going to come knocking on my door one of these days because I'm an outspoken critic of Joe Biden and his administration, right? I defend the one sixers. Um, it, it, it's, it's possible, right? It wouldn't shock me one day. Uh, but, but you know what? That's the price we pay for our freedoms is that we have to sometimes, you know, fight, fight our government that sometimes overreaches and, and does stuff they shouldn't do. And so I would say, do your research and then my goodness, right? Join the fray, because if you don't, who will? And yeah. if you're expecting the other guy to do it, you know, I don't know if you know, remember the, the concept of bystander apathy in Kitty Genovese, right, was murdered in a New York apartment, and everybody was looking in as it was happening, and they all thought somebody else was going to call the police, but no one ever did because they thought somebody else was going to. Well, that applies here, too, right? If we all think someone else is going to stand up on, on that wall and defend America, and we don't, then maybe nobody does, and, and that's where we fall from within. So I, I say get out there, get your homework done, and then be ready to, to stand on that wall and defend America and, and what's great about this, this country that so many of us love with every fiber of our being. Well said. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt, and Matt will have you on again next week. Looking forward to it. You know, we've talked a lot about crime here in Columbus and how it's out of hand, and we see crime on our TV screens every day, and Particularly disgusting are those videos of cities like New York and L.A. and other big cities, Chicago, where somebody will get sucker punched from behind and then they find themselves in the hospital in a coma. Well, those cities have nothing on Columbus. I'll have the details next.
I appreciate Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio, joining us, lending his perspective to the program. Tomorrow we'll have Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com, joining us in the noon hour. I mentioned at the end of the interview with Matt that you've probably seen the videos of people on subways just walking down the street, minding their own business, and some deranged individual will come up behind them and sucker punch them, and then they are knocked out. They fall. They can't break their fall. They hit their head on the pavement or a wall, suffer a catastrophic injury. Well, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that the worst of New York City and other cities like it has now migrated to Columbus. The co-workers of a man at a short north bar are hoping for the best, but also aware that he is now on life support after being sucker-punched in a fight. Uh, The gentleman's name is Gregory Coleman. The fight happened on Labor Day. Video shows that Coleman and another man were engaged in what looked like the beginnings of a fight between the two of them when a third man stepped in and punched Coleman from behind. He was knocked unconscious. He hit the pavement. And then... The guy he was squaring off against and the sucker puncher uh, went in and hit him again. Uh, He works at the Short North Pint House. And there's video of the incident, but the two men have not been identified yet, nor have they been apprehended. So if you know anything about that, uh, I'm sure you can call Crime Stoppers and submit your tip anonymously and also get a reward for it. Uh, Hopefully Mr. Coleman is uh, going to recover, but uh, that's, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, you square off against somebody. If you get beat, you get beat. I wouldn't advocate for fighting, but when you don't have a chance, when you don't see the punch coming, when somebody intervenes and does that, it's just, wow. So they will, they will be charged. Columbus police intend to charge them with attempted murder if they find these two men. So you'd be doing the public a great service if you can help the police Uh, in any way, shape, or form. Now, speaking of Columbus Police, of course, the main thing that we uh, have our eye on is what shakes out from the August 30th attempt to serve a warrant on Donovan Lewis. He did not come to the door. They banged on the door. They released a police dog in the apartment. The dog barked and barked and barked and barked. Two men in the apartment claimed they didn't know that Donovan Lewis was in his bedroom. Officers leaned on the door to open the door. Mr. Lewis started to get out of bed. They saw something in his hand. They mistook it for a weapon. They fired. One officer fired his weapon one time. Lewis was hit, and Lewis very tragically died. So, of course, this is open season on police officers, right? The dispatch has already picked its side in this. It's not going to wait for a determination to be made, whether the officer acted inappropriately or appropriately within what an officer is allowed to do. And a lot of people mistake what an officer is allowed to do. It's not that in hindsight, the officer would go, you know what? Everything I did there is exactly what I would do again if I were in that situation. That's not the standard. The standard is, does the officer have in the moment, based upon the reactions of the suspect, a reasonable expectation to justify the actions of the officer? Obviously, in this case, the actions of the officer were he fired his weapon because he perceived a threat from Mr. Lewis's actions, which include not just getting up from the bed with what turned out to be a vape pen in his right hand, but the fact that they were making an inordinate 
amount of noise and disturbance at two in the morning, and Mr. Lewis did not come to the door, did not answer the door after the officers were in the apartment and were making more noise, and a dog was barking and raising a ruckus there, and that it also has to be factored into the officers' actions, their knowledge that Mr. Lewis was being served with a warrant for assault, domestic violence, and here's the kicker, felony mishandling of a firearm. So there was clearly a history with Mr. Lewis and firearms. That is the standard. Did they have a reasonable expectation that his actions that night, based upon what they knew about him and why they were there, did those things justify their actions? That's the standard for police conduct. Now, so the dispatch has picked its side. The uh, local activists have picked their side. And so the dispatch has now sought, received, and published some of the contents of the officer's personnel record. And it shows that uh, the officer in question was back in the 1990s, uh, well, no, it was in early 2000s, 2003, the officer was indicted on charges of theft in office for taking pay for a side job guarding a bank when he did not, in fact, show up at the bank. Okay, so, oh, well, the perception is, okay, so they fired this officer, and they welcomed him back to the force, and they shouldn't have welcomed him back to the force, because if they hadn't welcomed him back to the force, then he wouldn't have fired his gun that night, and Donovan Lewis would be alive. Uh, What they also note from the officer's personnel record is that an arbitrator viewed his uh, termination by then Columbus Police Chief James Jackson, the late James Jackson, as overreach, that he should not have been fired, that he should have been given a 30-day suspension. Now, the officer has received numerous commendations and awards. He went through a post-event intervention program, so he went through training. And ever since then, by all accounts, he's been an exemplary officer. Silver Cross, Medal of Merit, several life-saving awards, including several citations for use of restraint. So this doesn't fit the narrative. Does not fit the narrative at all. So you can pick and choose from this officer's record whatever you want to highlight. Of course, the people who think that because he's a cop and because he shot a black man that he's uh, evil personified will pick that he had one incident in a long history of police work where he was disciplined and where he lied and where he was, you know, fired, but then that was overruled. What about other incidents during his career? He's got 30 years in law enforcement. He's had 10 complaints filed against it, 10 in 30 years. And where you stand on first responders and on your faith in, belief in police and the nobility of police will entirely determine whether you think 10 complaints against an officer in 30 years is a lot or whether you think 10 in 30 years is a small number. I happen to think 10 is probably a pretty average number for any officer who's in a position to be interacting with the public as this officer clearly was. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.